I got a billion dollar mindset, steady as a flow, navigating all my time spent, letting niggas know. Billion dollar, billion dollar. Hey yo, what is going on? Welcome to the show, Into the Mind. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, and I'm a parkour athlete turned real estate investor. I spent the last eight years of my life studying mindset of elite performers and applying those lessons to my own life. In my pursuit for success, I've sought out wisdom from mentors who are doing exactly what I want to do in all areas of life. So I've asked that they share their wins and losses with me, and in my search for those answers, this podcast was born. I wanted to share that valuable advice that I was receiving from successful entrepreneurs investors and world-class athletes so thank you all for tuning in this show is for free and my guests do give their precious time to be here so i do ask for something in exchange to show our thanks i ask that the price of admission be you share this if you get any value you go onto your social media you share it with your friends you share it with your family you share it with your co-workers you share it with people in the streets look my goal is to influence 1 million people to invest in themselves and to unlock their own potential and i can't do that alone hey welcome back to another episode of into the mind i'm your host marlon johnson and today i sit down with the man the myth the legend antoine martel so Antoine is the founder of Martel Turnkey, a turnkey real estate investing business that allows anyone to invest and own income producing real estate without the stress of hunting down a good deal. He's a published author of The Millennial's Guide to Investing in Cash Flow Rental Properties and the host of the podcast, A Millennial's Guide to Real Estate Investing. He hosts local meetups and uh, masterminds for individuals in the West LA area. And he creates YouTube videos where he actually breaks down deal by deal, how he operates in the real estate investing business. He pulls back the curtains and he really takes the time to explain this industry. Antoine currently controls over $14 million in real estate and has done over 120 flips a year. All of this has been done before the age of 30. So today we're going to deep dive into Antoine's story and we're going to learn exactly how he thinks. So if you're interested in controlling millions of dollars of assets, I think you're going to really want to listen today. So Antoine, man, welcome to the show. Of course. Thank you so much. Great introduction. Thanks for having me. Dude, of course, man. So yo, check it out. For the people that don't know you yet, right? Because believe it or not, there are people out there that just haven't tapped into this space or haven't tapped into you. Of course. You know, can we bring them back to essentially the beginning to what got you into this real estate game? Yeah. So I was a college student in LA. I was like a junior. I transferred from community college to a new four-year university. As soon as I got here, I was like, fuck, I'm going to graduate in two years. I don't want to graduate and work for somebody else. I want to like do my own thing, start my own business. I was studying entrepreneurship. And so like, I've been an entrepreneur since I was like, you know, seven years old, helping my mom with her companies and stuff like that. And so I went to this real estate seminar one weekend in LA uh, they were teaching people how to flip houses, looking at the numbers, wholesaling, like kind of everything all in one weekend. And I was like, man, this is, this is it. Like, this is my ticket out of college. Like this is the, the business that I'm going to create. It's not going to be some app or something that a lot of my classmates were doing and working on, which, you know, I had tried making an app when I was like, uh, 12 or 15, 12, 15 years old or something like that. And I hired this team in India to build this app. And like, so I'd already gone through that app phase and like these kids were, you know, 20 and like building apps. I was like, oh, I already did that in, in high school. Um, and so 
I got addicted to real estate and started really just like networking as much as I could. Cause I was like, I just need to figure this out, crack this nut. And there's so many different ways. It's like, I just have to collect as many stories as I possibly can about how people got started. And so that's what I did. Listen to probably every single bigger pockets episode that came <laughs> out. And, uh, and then also just like networked in LA. So I would go on biggerpockets.com and I would message just everybody in my zip code. I have like three banned bigger pockets accounts because, <laughs> because of how many people I was messaging. And I was just like, Hey, I'm a local college student. I want to invest in real estate. Like, can I take you for coffee or for lunch? And you'd be surprised. Like everybody pre COVID this is 2017. Like everybody was down to go and meet up and hang out and help like some young, some young kid that was, you know, 21 years old about to graduate college. And so I would take these people to, to coffee and I even moved my classes from like five to 10 PM because most people wanted to meet during the day. And so I even like changed my school schedule to be able to like, you know, to help me do this and network more. And so I was networking at lunch for breakfast, you know, in the afternoon, just whenever people were free, I, I was there and I could make it happen because my classes were at night. And so about after about two years or a year and a half of really just like learning from everybody else about how they were doing it. One of the common themes was out of state investing. And then I was like, holy shit, like this is the, this is the way to do it. My family had 40,000 bucks. We're here in California and you know, they can't do anything with $40,000 here in California. And so I was like, all right, out of state must be the way for me to go. You know, we have 40,000 bucks and you just need to choose a market where I can buy a house for 20 grand or 30 grand and renovate it for five or 10 grand. And boom, there you go. You know, we'll put all the money in one deal and, and see how it goes. And that's exactly what I did. So a couple months before graduating, bought the first house in Memphis, Tennessee, bought it for like 35 grand, rehab it for five grand, cash out refinance at like 55 or $60,000, pulled all the money out. And then like I graduated a couple of weeks later and kind of went to my parents after that. Hey, this thing worked. Like we bought this house, we renovated it, we rented it out, did a cash out refinance. Like I have all the pieces to the system that we need. The realtor, the contractor, property manager, lender, title, insurance. We have all these things. Let me figure this thing out. Like we got something here finally after two years. So that's something I want to stress to everybody. Like two years of learning, not doing a single deal and I, you know, never gave up two years, you know, with 200 in-person meetings in LA with people learning from them and 200 phone calls to realtors and agents in the markets out of state, like literally just cold calling, just like deal hunting. So that's something I want to stress and bought that first house. Then I graduated college and I just kept burring houses. So graduated, uh, May, 2017 by December, 2017, we had like eight eight or nine single family homes in Memphis in our portfolio. So scaled up pretty quickly. And then what started to happen was the money, we kind of ran out of money. So, you know, when you burr projects, some deals you have to leave in five grand, some deals you'll make five grand, some deals you'll leave in 10 grand. So not every deal is perfect based on the appraisal. And so it was like December, 2017. And I was like, shit, what do we do from here? Like I have this great system. We have this portfolio it's great. Like we're making a couple thousand bucks a month, but it's covering my expenses. But like, I want to retire. My parents was, was the goal. And uh, so what ended up happening was people, friends and family actually started reaching out to us. Like, Hey, we see you're doing this in Memphis or out of state in real estate. Like we've always wanted to get involved in real estate, but how the hell do we do it? How do we invest in real estate and rental properties out of like in Memphis? Why Memphis? You know, all of these questions that come up and, uh, 
we started selling properties in our portfolio to these friends and family members that we had. And we would connect them with property management, you know, uh, houses were sold with tenants in place, property management in place. We helped them get financing, all this kind of stuff. And that's when Martel Turnkey was born. Um, because, you know, we kind of, the light bulb went off. Like we have this great team on the ground and then we have these buyers that want this product. Okay. All we need is now is money to put through this system to create this product, which then we can sell to these investors or friends and family members. So then I just went on a raising money rampage. Uh, and luckily I had been networking my ass off for the last three years and met a ton of people in LA who had invested or wanted to invest. And so I was like, all right, my money's right there. And I just started pitching deals to these investors with this perfect system that I had created over time or landed on. And uh, so that's when the turnkey business started in January, 2018. And we've been doing it ever since. And uh, we're doing probably like 10 to 15 houses a month right now in uh, Memphis, Tennessee and Cleveland, Ohio. Dude, holy freaking crap. That is amazing. Yeah. And you know, I, first off, I gotta say props to you, man. Shout out for like just hitting on the fact that you put in that much time before yeah. something finally popped off because that's the part that people just don't get, yep. right? Everyone quits before it happens. And it's just like, if you keep going, something has to break. And if yep. it's not going to be you, it's going to be the other thing. It's yep. eventually going to let you in. So yep. that's amazing. I had no idea that's how it started. I love to hear how you literally change the schedule because networking is so freaking crucial. Yeah. And yeah. you know that's actually going to be a question I was going to ask later, but while we're here on this topic, I do want to dive into that for a second because I think a lot of people think networking is something that they can do like in addition to like as an additional bonus to their business. But then when you really dive into it, this business is done by people. You need connections. You need a network of individuals. That's where the deals are going to be presented. That's going to give you the opportunity. So, I mean, what's your opinion now on networking? And like, are you still essentially networking the same way as hard as you were in the beginning? Great question. So that's where social media came in. So you wonder why I post on social media every single day. Well, the amount of money I've raised through Instagram with my shitty little 80,000 followers, you know, I don't 80,000 people, right? It's not like I have 2 million people or a hundred, you know, I'm not Grant Cardone with a million followers. Right. But with the impact that I've been able to have on those 80,000 people, I mean, I've raised like tens of millions of dollars, from Instagram because of that, because I show up there every day. I'm a real person. I'm transparent about what I'm doing, the deals I'm doing, the shit that's happening to me, the bad stuff as well. So these people like, you know, it's like, they're, they're almost like part of my, my life. And then, you know, they, they're watching my life for three, four, five, six months. And they're like, Hey, you know what? This kid is, you know, as if there's a problem, he's transparent about it. If something goes bad, he's transparent about it. If something's good. He tells us, you know, the facts, the numbers, et cetera. And so I think that's one of the reasons I've been able to, to raise so much money. And it was funny. I was on clubhouse yesterday and somebody was like, I got into real estate because I didn't want to deal with people. I wanted to deal with properties <laughs> and, and wood and, and nails and stuff. And he's like, well, I was fucking wrong. Like, uh, you know, it's complete <laughs> opposite of that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with people all day. It's not even about the houses. The house is just the, the thing that we're transacting, but it's all the people business. And it's a very small community. It's a very small world that we live in the real estate investment side of the real estate, you know, business or economy. So 
yeah, I mean, network is, is probably one of the most important things, especially when you're getting started, because a lot of those people, if you, you know, add value to them in the right way, a lot of those people will let you ride on their, um, you know, on their bandwagon and really like lift you up and get you through, you know, get you into that first deal, which is the hardest thing is getting into that first deal. And so, you know, I found a lot of people in this industry are very transparent and very open and you just got to find a good group of them. Um, five, you know, five, 10, 15 people that are you know, in your circle that are willing to share information with you. And I've been doing a lot of that stuff just through social media by sharing, like, you know, I'm no expert. And I'm like, literally just my, if you go back to my first Instagram post, when I first started doing this real estate thing, it was like, dude, it was the shittiest thing ever. It was like <laughs> me like this, like, all right, guys, today I'm, you know, looking at Zillow and like, you can literally go like the posts are still there. And, uh, you know, it was just me like explaining what I was doing. And it's crazy now to look at it. Cause it's like, it was my first apartment. I was like, just graduated college. So it was like in 2017, these posts and like, I'm like, you know, trying to figure, I had only done like one deal or two deals. And I was like raising money for new deals and just started posting. And so, uh, social media has been a big proponent of that. And then also just like doing right by your, your investors and people that are either buying your product. Cause I have that, you know, weird thing, I guess, wholesalers too, you know, for your investors, like just being completely transparent about what, you know, if you don't know about it, like don't talk about it, but, um, just being transparent about what you do know about the product. And that's kind of created this, uh, you know, this marketing system that kind of just funnels itself just based on referrals and people want to do business with us because X, Y, Z person told them about us. So it, uh, do business the right way. And the, the money and deals are going to come to you, man. I freaking love it right here because yo, honestly, it's something a lot of people struggle with, right? It's a lot of people. They're just like, yeah, how do you post so many videos? How do you get out there? How do you put yourself out there? Well, it's yeah. exactly that you put yourself out there. You begin yeah. the conversation. You let people see where you're at. I think a lot of folks get caught up in the idea that you do have to, in their mind, right? You have to be perfect before you begin to present, right? Before the product can go out to the marketplace, it has to be perfect. Well, guess what? If that was the case, we would have started with the iPhone 12, right? There wouldn't have been 12 iterations of it up until this point. So the same thing with us, right? As we're out there, you know, I love that you said, like you could go back to your first IG post. And I like, I encourage people, if you're listening right now, go find your favorite person and scroll back and go to like their first IG post. It's probably like a picture of like their feet in the sand like some crappy old Android yep. picture. Like it's just, it's yeah. real. And there's or go to, in that. Yeah. Or go to the craziest one is Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh. You go back. I don't know if you've seen the old clips from him, but I mean, now has a Shopify deal, a hundred million dollars, please go back to just a few years ago when he had like the worst camera angle I've ever seen. And like, <laughs> it was in like some tiny little thing where like his back was to the wall. It was absolutely horrible it looks like they were filming it on a potato and uh you know look fast forward three years because it wasn't about the it's not about at the end of the day it's not about the quality it's not about what you look like it's about what you're saying and the value that, that you're giving to the person on the other end right so and those you know looking at joe rogan is like you know it's literally that i mean he was nothing about nobody gave a shit where he was or what he was doing or anything like that it was just about what he was saying and the value that he was providing to the to the listener 
freaking love it and that's the thing right you continuously provide consistent value over and over and every time you show up people begin to anticipate because essentially that's your brand right people are like man like if i work with antoine like i know for a fact that he's going to be honest he's going to be trustworthy if things do f up like he's going to at least let me know so like i'm going to get bad news delivered immediately but because of his business practice even if things do mess up i anticipate that he'll be able to fix it and that he's yep. going to work his ass off to fix it, which is crucial. Yeah, I mean, dude, you knocked the nail like right on the head with that one. And it's funny, dude, because up until I think we got reconnected or we got connected in Clubhouse like a little while ago, like yep. Alon brought you into a room and just kind of you were in there. You were just unloading value to people. And I was like, dude, this guy is really, really intelligent really experienced and he's giving back which i loved anyone that kind of hits on those things i'm like i'm a fan and i ended up going to your instagram and then i'm starting to look i'm like why does he look so familiar Uh and i realized like yo i came across one of his videos like a year or so ago oh my god it's so funny how like you just see you stayed consistent with like the person i found a year ago on youtube just giving out information giving out good game was now still here doing the same just at a new level wow so that consistency is cool man it works yeah. yeah i appreciate it yeah and it it the bottom line is the consistency um there was even some some big tiktokers that were on a podcast a couple of days ago too and uh you know somebody was like how do you know what videos are going to blow up he's like i have no i have no idea what's going to blow up or what's going to do well like i have some idea of like what is funny or what is funny to me. But at the end of the day, he's like, it's just about the consistency and, you know, how many, how many TikToks I can put it out a day, how many Instagram posts I can put out a day without flooding it, but, you know, making sure that all of them are high impact, high value posts. And so that's a philosophy. There's no other, there's no other game to it. And that's why it's, it's so hard to grow a following because, you know, people are just not consistent. Like they, they spend so much time on the minute stuff, like, before you click post, does your post add value to, you know, one person, five people, 10 people, will it add some sort of value to those people that are watching it? If it's a yes, then just post the damn thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it looks like, or if you mess up on the editing or or whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just all about the consistency. So. Yeah. And the cool part is like, if you're shooting the ball all the time, guess what? Even if you miss the shot, you get another chance to shoot. Yeah. You know, it's like, so today's like crappy posts will just be replaced by tomorrow. So you might as well just put it out there. Exactly. Yep. I agree with you. So I got like a little bit more of like a technical question, right? You know, we spoke about this a little bit on Clubhouse and I appreciated your answer. So I would love for you to share it again, which is market analysis, right? So as you're looking at a market that you want to get into, you know, how much market analysis are you doing? Because I find that it's something that's not really spoken about may, and maybe it's just the circles that I'm in, but I find that I was taught market analysis, but I find no one else really talks about it. Yeah. yeah and I think a lot of people are just don't know what the hell they're doing or uh, they don't invest out of state. So yeah, it's a pretty, a uh, pretty niche market. I'm actually, I just filmed a, a course a couple of days ago. It's going to be like free. I'm not charging for it, but I filmed all this stuff and it's going to literally talk about like all these different things, but um, because I wrote a book which had all the answers to all this stuff and then people read it, but like, you know, not as many people as I thought would read it and maybe because you had to buy it, but kind of when you go through Amazon, it's kind of like you have to pay for the shipping and all this stuff. So 
you don't make much money and you have to charge like four, five, six, seven bucks. But with a video, now I'm just like literally going through my book and answering all these things. It's going to be for free. But to answer your question, market analysis for finding a prop, uh, a market out of state. So what I used to do is I would go on the BLS.gov, the Census Bureau, Forbes. I would look for major employers, population growth, job growth, who the major employers are. And like, do I think that they're going to be here long-term? Um, I look at crime rate. I look at um, owner occupancy rates for certain zip codes and areas, match those over with crime rates, match those on top with, you know, the, the property values for those areas and the median rents for those areas. And so then you can look at a market as a whole and like, does it have good economics and then really dive into that market. Okay. Now that this area has good economics, has a good diverse workforce because of these major employers and blah, blah, blah. Then which area of that zip code works for my strategy. So for me, I look for properties that, you know, have ARVs of 70 to 110,000 bucks that have a good rent to value ratio. And uh, so finding those is, is a pain in the ass. Um, you have to go to census bureau, uh, BLS.gov, Bureau of labor statistics, and all these different websites. We made a website to make it easier for all of you guys listening. Um, it's investor dash list.com www.investor-list.com so i pretty much took all the data from the census bureau and the bls and put it all on one website to make it easier for people to like filter out a market that like had a horrible rent to value ratio or a market that didn't have a diverse um diverse workforce and stuff like that so feel free to check out that website. That should make it like a hundred times easier than like downloading a spreadsheet with 250,000 rows. So yeah. <laughs> Dang man. That's awesome. Yeah. Because honestly it makes a big difference when you understand just the market you're in and it's going to help you figure out, cool, are populations moving here or populations moving away? Will this place, is it more likely to appreciate or at the minimum hold its value or yeah. is it going to depreciate in a few years? People don't necessarily understand this. And if you understand that a property value, right? If you understand homes are going to be increasing in the coming years and no one else in the market truly understands this because a lot of homeowners, they like, they really don't care. They're pretty oblivious to it. You know, unless they're really tuned in, they're just looking at what's happening today. Great. If you can kind of predict the future, you're not predicting the future, but in a sense, you kind of are because these things are like massive, like tankers. Like once they're heading in a direction, they're not switching direction all that quickly. For the most yeah. part, unless we get these crazy black swan events every single year and we have another, I don't know, COVID 3.0 <laughs> 2022, for the most part, things are going to go about in the same direction they've been heading Yep, because that's just how it works with these uh, big companies. So that's cool to hear you say that it's uh, something that's important to you because, again, I, you know, I, I'm on YouTube Academy. I'm on uh, podcasts a lot. And yeah. you don't find many people talking about it because it's not the, uh, like the sexy item, right. Yeah. You know, talking about market analysis. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was something else I was going to mention about that too. So we, there's a couple, you can kind of reverse engineer it as well. So like, for example, we took like our top five zip codes that we're investing in right now. And we said, okay, what makes these great zip codes? And so it was that the median house price, was like a hundred thousand and the median rent was like 1200 bucks. So we're like, okay, cool. Like we take this data and then you can go to websites like investor lists or BLS.gov and download data, like the median rent and median 
uh, home price for certain zip codes and literally just like take your, if you're in the game already, like take your top five zip codes, look at some key metrics that make those places good. So for us, median rent, median property value, rent to value ratio was 1.2 or greater as a, as a median. And then also it was low crime. So, okay. We literally made, downloaded all the MSAs in the entire country or all the zip codes in the entire country. It was like, I don't know, 300,000 or something, something ridiculous zip codes. And then you would just filter out all that data and you can find other zip codes in the U S that are like identical to what you're looking for. And so we just did that over the weekend and it was pretty interesting. There was like so many places in the country that we never thought about Youngston, Ohio, uh, Detroit, Michigan. So I've been looking at Detroit the last couple of days because the data literally pointed me there and then kind of reverse engineering what I just said. So now looking at the, who are the major employers in Detroit? How is the crime in Detroit for these zip codes that I want to invest in? Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a million ways to do it. It's just, you kind of always have to be like looking for, for the next market. And that brings up a, another point too. A lot of people are looking at these, these articles or blogs online, the top 10 real estate markets to invest in. And a lot of this is pulling data from the past. So what that means is that they're looking at, Hey, Austin, Texas. So for example, you go to a lot of these things, Austin, Texas, the best place to invest. No, it's the worst place to invest. It's too damn late. You should have been in there five, 10 years ago. Right? So they look at like, Oh, the property values have been increasing by 25% year over year over year. Now the median home prices are 250,000 bucks when 10 years ago, they were 75, $100,000. Right? So for me, that's way too late. I got in, you know, I should have gotten in before the curve, not after the curve. That's like buying a stock at the top of the market. It makes no sense. So you have to think the same way. Just it's basic. Just do you want to buy a product at the top of the market or a stock at the top of the market? No, you want to find just like a Warren Buffett philosophy. You want to find a real estate market that you think is going to exponentially grow over the next five or 10 years for these reasons. And then, you know, diversify your bets in five or six different markets across the country where you feel strongly that it's going to, you know, move forward in a, in a good direction, an upward trend direction. And for us, that was Memphis, that was Cleveland, that was St. Louis. And then we went and visited those markets and then we began, you know, fell in love with those markets even more and really saw the potential that nobody else is seeing because nobody goes and like flies around to Midwest markets and like, is like, Oh like people go there to vacation or something, but they just stay in downtown. They don't like go to the neighborhoods, look at the new developments. They don't, nobody does that. So by going out there, doing the data research, finding a market that's not hot that you think is going to be hot and then finding five, six markets like that and putting money in each one of them, you know, that's how you can create massive wealth over time uh, through real estate. Dang, man. Seriously, you were just like dropping bombs on people. Like, <laughs> you just like blew so many people's minds where they're like, man, I've been finding my markets by Googling top 10 markets. To oh my God. The interest. worst thing, the worst thing to type in Google. Yeah. <laughs> it's li like, it, but it's exactly what you said. It's the same thing as a stock market, right? It's like shopping for a stock by saying top 10 stocks to buy. Like at that point, if the rest of the world knows it's the best stock, it's not the best stock anymore. Exactly. It's like you got in way too late. So that's yeah. key. So essentially it sounds like first off you got to be able to do you got to be willing to do the hard work and more than willing you actually got to do the do the work right yeah. because there's no way around it you sit there you crunch the numbers you crunch the data what's cool about numbers is they can't lie they're completely yeah. unbiased and 
like that's why like I, that's why i love about alan you know it's like anytime i talk to him about anything he's immediately like all right so what are the numbers yeah it's like dude don't you want to hear about anything else no just tell me what the numbers are the numbers first yeah yeah numbers first and then if you yeah then if the numbers don't work i mean there's certain markets so cleveland ohio population has been decreasing so like when you're looking at a new market like that like population's decreasing then you know as long as you have a reason for that population to be decreasing and why you think it's going to change over time and then you go to that market and you ask people like realtors or property managers hey the population's been decreasing for 30 years but what do you think is going to happen in the next 5 10 years oh that's about to stop because xyz and then you take that you know times 5 or 10 people that say the same exact thing it's like oh shit okay i guess this is a real thing that is going to turn around right so yeah to go back to what you're saying i mean yeah, it's about the numbers first, because if the numbers don't make sense, you know, it's not going to make dollars. So it all starts with the numbers. And then uh, after that, you can kind of, uh, if you really want to go down a path, you kind of have to come up with, uh, you know, in talking with people and networking, going back to the first point, it's all going to, um, you know, if you can come up with something that's going to make something make sense in the future, then, you know, maybe you should make that investment. You know, and you tapped on something big, right? Because a lot of people are now tapping into the power of virtual, right? They're tapping into the power of, I can do this all through the computer and through the phone and things of that nature. But, you know, you also said you still make a trip, right? You get into a plane, you fly over to these places and you actually go walk the streets, go check out the properties, talk to face-to-face, belly-to-belly with these individuals. And it makes a difference. Like I've been, before this, I told you, I worked the, uh, the Wisconsin market, right? Up in Milwaukee. And actually, after I did my first two deals, I got into a plane, flew out there and walked the streets to go see like, where the heck am I calling? Where, what am I talking to? What am I doing here? And now I'm like, oh, okay. Like I see why there's opportunity here. It makes total sense. But before you do that, it's like your brain needs a picture. And when it gets a picture, it can do so much more. It can process way faster. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think people always need to get out there and, and feel out the market. If you're, I mean, if you're buying a turnkey product, that's already kind of done for you. Like I normally don't recommend my clients go like some of them are, I want to go see the house before I close. And I'm like, honestly, like you're not gonna be able to get in. You can drive the neighborhood. So it depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to wholesale and you're like talking to the sellers or homeowners, yeah, it feels good to kind of go to their neighborhoods, see what conditions they live in, what kind of properties they are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you're flipping houses, if you're, if you're doing apartment buildings, especially like you need to get out there yesterday. Um, so it, it depends if you're, if you're, uh, no, the only thing, I guess it's the only thing is just if you're buying turnkey rentals that are done for you from a turnkey provider, most of the time our clients don't go out and visit, but you're right. If you want to be on the investment side, doing fix and flips or negotiating with sellers. Yeah. I definitely recommend a trip to, to even just go meet your team members too, because you know, just the relationship you have with those people on the ground. So I don't know if you had deal runners out there, but like going out there and just like buying them dinner and a cocktail is like, you know, is more than, you know, 50 phone calls and 50 zooms just with that one interaction. So it pays dividends in the, in the long run. I mean, we're going to even go to, St. Louis. I've been working with this bank for the last couple of years. They're, they're in St. Louis and we've never met them. And we were going to go this 2020 last year and, uh, and meet them, but COVID obviously. Um, and they were not in the office. They're all working from home. So hopefully this year, by the end of the year, I'm going to literally take the whole team, go to St. Louis to just take the lender to dinner. That's it. 
like you know what i'm saying like it's 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 not about the the properties or the houses just about building that relationship with them uh because you never know you might be at the closing table and you might see need some stuff pulled or they might need to put in an extra two hours at the office if they don't know your face and don't know your family and your and your team then uh you know they might they might just go home but um, building that relationship, that personal relationship with them is how we've been able to get stuff done that most people, you know, would get delayed or pushed on. Dude, Antoine, I love the emphasis on the relationships, man, because like, it's something that I think people need to hear and they need to hear it over and over and over again. Cause I know from where I grew up and where I came from, there wasn't this strong, heavy emphasis on building out a network. It was always more like, you know, figure out how to do it, do it on your own, right? If you want it done right, do it by yourself. And then you realize, wow, that is the worst advice. You mentality. Can give me. If I'm doing it on my own, it's going to never get done at the scale I want it to go. I, I just, I can't possibly grow. There's only 24 yep. hours in a day, yep. right? So you have to eventually be able to rely on people and you have to know they're going to want to go above and beyond for you. And yep. by doing exactly what you're advising here, which is go out there and really wine and dine these people, get to know them, yep. let them get to know you. That's, that's big, man. Yep. So let me ask you, how powerful would you say now? And I guess you kind of answered this, but I'm just curious, uh, like getting that proximity, right? So when you're working with people and you're interacting and like in a sense, masterminding, right? How important is it for you to actually physically go be in a room with people, even like the people you just connect with, like how you used to go out and get coffee? Would it have been the same if, you know, you were just doing this through Zoom with them? So it's, it's a little bit of both. Now my time is, you know, much more valuable than it was when I was on deal zero. Right. So, you know, when you're doing 120 projects a year or 10, 20 deals a month or 10, 15 deals a month, you know, I don't have much time to like drive across LA for an hour to sit for an hour at a meal and then drive an hour back. Like three hours out of my Monday is like, Jesus Christ, it's, it's not worth it. It has to be like really worth it for me to like talk to that person. So there's, I would say it depends who you're talking to, you know, like for something we want to do this year, uh, once COVID blows over is take all, like all the team members in the Cleveland market and like fly them out to Cabo and like, just have a, a weekend with the Cleveland team that is working and managing all of our stuff there as a kind of like a thank you. And then really just like build a relationship with them. You know, it's going to cost a couple thousand dollars to get them out there and for them to stay. And then they can cover their other expenses that they want to do, but a couple thousand dollars to get those people out there to hang out with them for a whole weekend. I mean, the, the amount of stuff that can come from that relationship with them, you know, could be cre- 10 times more than a two or $3,000 investment. Right. Um, and what was your, what was your other question that you had? I mean, that was like, that was spot on as far as like the actual proximity, right. Being able okay, to proximity in person. Yeah. Proximity. So that was the, like those team members, like being as close as possible and like, I'll invest that time into them. But there's a different thing with, I guess, sales. So with sales, I've kind of transitioned to where I used to go and like meet these turnkey buyers one-on-one, like every single person I would take the coffee. And yeah, you have a way higher conversion rate, right? So for sales, like if I met them for coffee, maybe I had a 50% conversion rate or 60%. But that takes me three hours of my time. Let's say I convert those all to phone calls, 15 minute phone calls. Maybe I have a way lower conversion, like 10%, but over that three hour period, I can have 40 phone calls, right? Or some crazy number. 
So 40 phone calls with the 10% conversion rate gets me whatever, four, four houses sold. Whereas I only had one meeting with one person, which has a 50% conversion rate. So with sales, it's a little bit different than like team building. And I guess like employee building. Um, so I think those are the only two things that I would say, like meeting people face to face, it, it kind of depends on who it is. So internal employees, team members, yes, 100%, you need to devote a ton of time. And that's why Gary V with his company, 800 employees, mm-hmm. he made it a thing to meet them one-on-one for 15 minutes in his office. And like he had 10, 20 meetings a day going through meeting every single person in his, in his, uh, his Vayner office. So that, that's why he does that, but he doesn't go and meet every single client, right? Because he hires people to go and do that, to do the sales, to do that kind of thing, because the conversions way lower and you kind of want to build that brand and relationship with those people internally so they can kind of feel it from you. So that way, when they go out and do the job or do your work, then, you know, they're doing it with your passion, excitement and all those kinds of things. Man, you just, I don't know, like if people were listening to what you really just said (laughs) to them, because like, I don't even know if you understand what you just told them. Like you just unlocked a lot of people. Hopefully people listening realize how like unlocked they just got, because I think people think the work stops after you get to like the next level, like you bump up to this level. It's like, cool. I don't have to do this anymore. It's like, no, the work never stops. It's changes form. It just like, it transmutes into something else. So like literally what you just said, like you're essentially taking your energy, your essence, you're putting it into your people. And now they are essentially clones of you in a way like yeah. that. Yes, they're their own independent person, but this is effectively how you multiply yourself yep. right? and figuring out how to best do it so it can be scalable and you yeah. can get yourself out there into as many different avenues. So your time can be best spent where it really needs to be being essentially either the face for the higher level conversations. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. And then also like hiring too, is something that's been super crazy for us as well. Like I've never, never put an ad out for hiring, uh, never reached out, never made a post on Instagram about hiring people for Martel turnkey or anything like that. Every single person. And I have a list of like the five next people I'm going to hire. Nice. And the reason why they're on that list is because they read, they listened to every single one of my podcasts. They read my book. They wrote notes, like one, one chick, like listened to all my episodes and wrote like five pages of notes and sent me photos of all of them. And it's like, I love your podcast. I learned so much. I read your book. I know what Martel Turnkey does. I know all these other companies that you have and what they do. And I'm like, holy shit, you just saved me three months of training. So like, (laughs) you're the first person I'm going to hire. Why would I hire anybody else when I can hire you? You have the passion. You show me your drive already. You have the knowledge now. Like, okay, you're the next person, salesperson I'm going to hire. And literally we have like two or three people that are kind of in that pipeline of people that just like, you know, out of 80,000 people, there's only like 80,000 followers just on Instagram. Let's say there's two or three people that have kind of done that whole process and reached out to me and said like, Hey, can you help me with this? Like I had these couple of questions and I'll literally get, if they do that, I'll literally get on the phone with them and be like, yo, thank you so much for listening to all this you know, me talking about all this junk and reading my book and blah, 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 blah. So let's talk on a 15 minute phone call. I'd love to learn more about you. Now I'm excited to like meet them. Jesus Christ. So yeah, that's something interesting too, to, to kind of think about as well Is as people scale up, like, how am I going to hire people? Where am I going to hire? Man, the people are, are kind of right in front of you. And then I hired both my roommates as well. Cause they were kind of like, 
listening to me for two years, talk about real estate. They already knew it. They kind of didn't like their jobs. Hey, why don't you come work with us? You know, we'll make this whole house that we have, you know, a place to work for everybody. And so hired both my roommates and stuff like that. So everything's been super natural with the growing phase of the, of the business as well. And the way you talk to them too. So I, I was talking to the acquisitions guy today, who's my old roommate. And, uh, I was like, yeah, let's, let's the way you analyze deals, let's do it this way. So that when you have two or three people working for you, that, you know, everybody can be on the same page. And so kind of like instilling in their mind that like the scale is there. Cause I feel like a lot of employees or people that work in your company too, are kind of like, Oh, I'm just going to do this for 50 years. Like, no, we're going to eventually scale up and you're going to have like, you're going to be the acquisitions manager and have three or four different people analyzing deals for you. And you're just going to check it and that's it. And then you you'll sign the contracts and you'll do this and do that. So kind of instilling in them early that like, Hey, you're going to do this for a year. Once you master it, then we're going to hire somebody else. And then, you know, boom, boom, boom. We're going to kind of move you up the ladder. So instilling that in them as well and kind of showing them and being transparent with them, you know, about the growth of the company too. And so, I mean, first off you just, as you're talking, I'm like, yo, this dude's a visionary. Like, guy, <laughs> like, you, like you hit the checkpoints. I'm like, you, cause you're painting a picture for people. Yeah. And that's something a lot of folks don't quite understand yet, especially if you're going to be in sales and any sort of communication, you have to be good with putting images in other people's minds, right? That's the best way to communicate, which yeah. first means you need to create that image yourself. And a lot of people struggle with that. It's weird to think, but if your mind's always been on that level of thinking and building pictures, you just assume everyone else does it. So, you know, you kind of answered a question, but I'm curious to know if you would say that you already answered it, which is, you know, what part of your life now kind of feels unreal? Because essentially you have come a very far away, like a very long way. So do you ever have these moments where you're like, damn, like this is low key my life? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't stop that much to kind of look up from that. And it's kind of been shit. I mean, with, with COVID and stuff like that, the last year, you know, going through all that kind of stuff, it's kind of hard to, to look up because all you see is your ceiling every time. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, the craziest thing is that the whole family's in the business now, you know, and, you know, when we first started, it was me having all my classes at night. My brother was becoming a realtor. I was networking my ass off. My dad was working full time. And then we would kind of just like reconvene every day or every evening about like what I learned or what somebody else learned and kind of just like, how can we figure this, this thing out? And, you know, doing that for two years straight to now where my mom's a salesperson in the company, my dad does all the financial stuff, CFO kind of thing. And, uh, uh, and the accounting and all that kind of stuff. And so it's kind of, that's, that's the craziest part is that now, you know, it came from this small little thing about buying houses in Memphis to now, you know, helping our clients, you know, make over $50,000 a month in net cash flow. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, now tomorrow is actually a big closing day for us, a, an apartment built. We haven't even talked about this, but in 2019, I bought about a hundred units of apartments in Midtown Memphis. And uh, a couple of those buildings are selling this year. So two years later, we're selling a couple of those buildings that, you know, where we bought them for 400 grand, they're selling for 1.2 million. Another <laughs> one would be bought for a million selling it for 2.2 million. Um, and those close in the next, one of them closes tomorrow. Uh, and then one of them closed in the next couple months. And yeah, it's crazy to, uh, it's crazy to, uh, to see that that's, you know, you told me three years ago when I was in college that 
Antoine, in, in three years, you're going to hire, you know, your two best friends, Hi Otto and, and Thierry. They're going to work for you. Both your parents are going to quit their full-time jobs to come work at the company. And then, uh, I hate saying work for you. It's work with, with you. God damn it. See, I keep messing up. Um, <laughs> You're going to hire both, both of your roommates to work with you. Your parents are going to work with you. Your brother is going to move to Memphis. I mean, it's just, and you're going to be doing 10, 15 projects every single month. I would tell you, you know, get the hell out of here. There's no way in hell that's going to happen. So, but it's, it's hard when you're such a workaholic that you don't really get the time to kind of look up. So that's why every COVID kind of messed us up too. But every couple of weeks, every couple of times a week, I would go play soccer um just to like because i don't like going to the gym and stuff and so when i'm there kind of playing soccer i'm like holy shit like you know then you kind of get a chance to take a second and breathe and be like man this is you know while i'm playing soccer i sold three houses and uh stuff that i used to do all by myself and go to the notaries or whatever now it's all all kind of automated so it's crazy man that's funny dude i mean honestly like it's it's cool to listen to you say that and it's funny you actually just answered another question I had for you, which was like, from the beginning, did you anticipate this sort of growth? Or, you know, did it just kind of, it's no. a product, it sounds like it's just a product of, you know, putting your head down and grinding and just kind of focusing on taking one step at a time and just really getting lost in the process. Dude, I was I was reviewing my goals. So here we go. I was reviewing my goals for tw- every at the end of every year, I review the goals I had, I write down what I accomplished and then I write down the goals for next year and the, what I accomplished is, is insane. So this was my goals for 2018, uh, 25 deals in one year. And that was like a stretch for us and five deals. in so 25 deals in Memphis and five deals in Cleveland. I think we like, I did like 60 deals that year in 2018. So I did way more than I had expected and I was like, holy shit, this, and then five deals in Cleveland, Cleveland did more deals in than Memphis did even. And so, yeah, man, it's, it's insane. Uh, writing down the goals. And I think one thing I heard that really, that I really like is people underestimate what they can do, um, in a decade, but underestimate what they can, or people underestimate what they can do in a decade and overestimate what they can do in a, you know, a year or a month or a day. Right. So, it's kind of crazy how, you know, 10 years, like to say something ridiculous would be like, Oh, I'm going to be doing a thousand houses a year. But I mean, play this clip back in 10 years, who knows what could happen. Um, so that's, that's the craziest part. And I only bought the first house in 2017 it's only been a couple of years. It's like, See, I think that right there is the craziest part because if you think about like what other people spent this same time doing, right? Because essentially we all get the same amount of time, but it's like, what are you doing with it? And one person, like you're just taking it and you're hammering the same thing over and over and over again. Like, yeah, eventually it's going to chip away. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. So were you reminding yourself each day, like, just like, okay, this is the goal. Like, was there like a daily reminder or a weekly reminder or a check-in, if you will, of just like, Hey, this is the direction you're going in. Keep going. I know a lot of people do like the daily goal setting and stuff like that. I don't really do that all that much. Cause I was kind of just like pedal to the metal. Like I'd set the goals at the beginning of the year and then just like, see if I can just absolutely murder the goals. Uh, whereas if I was like looking at 25 years, it might 25 deals a year, it might've slowed me down. So that's the thing. I don't know what the right answer is. I know for me that 
I, I wouldn't really like check in on my goals. I have them on my phone and maybe I would check in every quarter. And so that's something we did in the company was we have quarterly meetings and we try to go to like new locations. So pre-COVID, we went to like Portland, we went to Cabo, we went to like all these different places to like have our quarterly meeting and like build the, the Martel Turnkey family like stronger and stronger because we got to know each other better. And then um, COVID stopped that. But it's, it's interesting to see at every quarterly meeting, like reviewing the quarterly goals and like, did we reach that? Did we do this? Did we do that? Blah, blah, blah. But when you're first starting, I mean, like you're, you're just completely speculating like what you can do. Yep. Right. So there's nothing to base it on. Once you have an actual business, that's like, you know, operating as a business in the IRS's eyes, um, you know, then it's like every quarter, it's kind of like, okay, we have these certain goals and things we want to do. And like, you know, completely exceeding the goals is kind of, is kind of hard to do once you're at scale, like, all right, every quarter we want to do like 40 deals, right. Or 30 deals, like doing a hundred deals in a quarter is kind of like uh, ridiculous. It's not really possible because we've been in the space for a while, but if you're first starting and your, your goal for a quarter is like two wholesale deals in a quarter, like it's easy to do like 10, right? Like you could just get lucky and be like, Holy shit. I didn't know that I can do it this easily and like do 10 deals in a quarter. So it depends on where you are in the life cycle, I guess, of your business and how far you are into it. Totally makes sense. Well, listen, I mean, we're running up on time, so I do want to ask you three final questions here. Sure. Right. Let's do it. So, um, you know, I'm really big on lessons learned, right, from going through different things. So what would you say was one of the biggest lessons you learned along the way, whether it came from either a failure or success, or maybe it's something you borrowed from somebody else that you spoke with? Uh, something I learned yesterday uh, was kind of interesting was, uh, be boring. <laughs> so what I mean by that is, uh, when you're getting into real estate, there's a lot of shiny objects, um, wholesaling, flipping houses, apartment buildings, burr strategy, mobile home parks, et cetera. There's a lot of shiny objects and a lot of people preaching a lot of bullshit out there on Instagram that they made a million dollars on a wholesale deal, um, or whatever. And it's just like, take it all with a grain of salt, focus on what, you're doing what you're, you know, what the team you have on the ground and what, you know, what cash you have on the ground on, on hand as well. And just focus on your strategy and be boring. Um, that's one of the things with Martel turnkey It's kind of just like same flooring, same paint, same product every single time, three bedroom, one bath, 1200 square feet, just over and over and over. And that's where, how we can do 10 houses a month. You can't do this in Beverly Hills and flipping a $5 million mansion and a $20 million mansion. And a, you can't do 10 house a month. It's impossible. Um, so be boring with your strategy, ignore all the shiny objects, just go down your path uh, and just think about the 10,000 hour rule. I mean, if you can go and flip 10,000 houses the exactly the same way, you're going to have 10 times more experience than anybody else in that. Cause nobody does, nobody does that. Nobody goes and flips 10,000 houses exactly the same way. But if you do that with the same product type in similar markets or similar yield year built properties, you already know all the things to, to watch out for and to look for. So be boring in your business, especially in the real estate business when there's so many, so many distractions. Wow. That is a absolute gem. Like, no, <laughs> seriously, dude. Like I watch so many people get like lost and distracted. And I know for myself, like, oh, this yeah. is, like what I blame in the beginning me getting no traction in the beginning was just very much like trying to do a little bit of everything. And then when that's I said, exactly like, why like, I'm literally picking a single zip code and I'm going to milk the hell out of this zip code until something breaks. Yep. And then you start to get traction. You're like, Oh, 
You know, if I get focused on one thing, my brain learns it faster. I can repeat it faster. I can talk yep. faster. And yeah, like I'm not doing everything, but the thing I am doing is working. Yep, exactly. You got it. That's spot on, dude. So, you know, second question here is books, right? Clearly you're taking in information between reading, listening, and uh, talking to people. But would you say you have two books or what two books would you say you've read that have been uh, just really big paradigm shifts for you or yeah. just like your brain stretched and never came back? Yeah, so uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then another good one that probably isn't mentioned a lot is Sell It Like Sirhant. It's a sales book. So if you're in sales or anything like that, it's about the, the guy, Ryan Sirhant, Million Dollar Listing New York. Um, the white guy on the show, he, uh, he wrote a book. And so that's a really good book about sales and building a sales team. So, um, it's, it's pretty interesting how, and he talks about also scaling a sales team. So that was interesting. Dang, man. That's the first time I got that recommendation. Yep. Like Sirhan. So I'm definitely going to look into that one. Yeah. All right, man. And final question. This one's my favorite. Let's imagine tomorrow morning you wake up and you are just like a blank slate, dude. Like, I mean, you don't remember anything, not your name, not the last couple of years, college, friends, nothing. You know, you're in a safe space, so you're not freaking out. You're not worried. This isn't like saw, but like you just are blank. However, there is one little piece of like information in your mind. There's like a little nugget of just knowledge. And for whatever reason, you take it, you accept it, you run with it, and you don't question it, right? What would you want that one piece of wisdom to be that you restart everything with? How much money do I have? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's, uh, you're the first person to ask a question about that. Let's say you're starting back, you're starting at ground zero, man. Oh, shit. All right, so let's say I have 40 grand. What's the one piece of advice? All right, the one piece of advice I would give myself would be it's gonna be a long sentence do i get a whole sentence or what do i get yeah, i mean it could be like a full complete thought man it's just like okay, okay there's like okay. the thing in your head and for whatever reason like you're just running with it can i mention people's names then so like yeah, sure you can call this. jeffrey and add this number in memphis <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, love so, that. I would say i would say uh i would say uh fly to memphis tennessee uh, have a meeting with this property management company. Man, that's difficult, dude. I would say, I would say, take your money and invest it in out of state markets. I would just tell myself exactly, I guess, what I what I did. There's no other way you can do it with that budget. There's no other way that I could have sped up the process. The only thing I could have sped up the process of was the first two years was shiny objects and like not shiny object syndrome. Like I was distracted, but it was kind of like, I was testing all the different strategies and learning why they wouldn't work. So I would have just like given myself a, a word of advice that says, yeah, something like don't focus in California, focus on a market out of state, choose that market with a good rent to value ratio and low crime, call property management companies, build the team, find contractors, burr those properties, then raise money and build a turnkey company and then eventually use the turnkey company money to buy apartment buildings that are value add projects, sell those buildings, 1031 them into larger buildings, et cetera. That's what I would tell myself. <laughs> I love it, man. Cause you're like, yo, essentially I'm just going to give myself the entire play by play. Exactly. Oh, rebuild this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. There's, there's no other, 
a better way to do it with, with that kind of money. It's fuck, man. It's hard, especially right now too. Like 2017 was a little bit different. You can get like into some deals for 35 grand. So that house I bought for 35 grand, I renovated for five grand when I bought it. It just went vacant a couple months ago. I renovated it again for five grand. So I've like all in for 45,000 bucks and I just sold it for $90,000. So it's insane. Like, um, and if the same thing is going to happen, like in three years, we're going to be like, holy shit, I sold that house for 90 grand. Like, we're going to say the same thing. Like it just sold for 150 grand. So the same things keeps happening. So that's why I hate the question. When's a good time to invest in real estate? It's like now. So just <laughs> get going. The prices are only going to go up. Like we're not going to see another 2008 again in our lifetime. So now is the time. Man, words of the wise. Totally agree with you. Damn. Well, yo, Antoine, dude, you just dropped, I mean, unbelievable amounts of knowledge. Like Thanks, seriously, man. people are going to be getting value from this. I know I'm going to be getting DMs like, dude, who the hell was that guy? I'm like, <laughs> like, oh my God, like bringing back on. So for people that want to find you, because guys, he has his own podcast too. Like for yeah. people that want to find you, where should they go to look for you? Yeah. What's the easiest way to get a hold of you? The best place is going to be Instagram at Martel Antoine. I post a ton of content there. And then I have the link tree there, which has all the links to all my stuff. And um, so, yeah, that'd be the best place. You can message me as well. Awesome. So guys, I'm going to have that link in the description below. It's going to be super easy. One click, you're going to be able to find him. And also if you're on Clubhouse, make sure you jump into any room he's in. I mean, it's just value upon value. That app is addicting, by the way, man. Like, dude, that's, that's a problem. The amount of dinners I haven't eaten because that stupid ass app. Yeah. Dude, I have to, I just found out I could make it silent, right? I've been doing like, oh, I'll make it silent for the day. And then it turns back on at the end of the night. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, so I made it silent for the week to force oh. myself. I'm like, yeah. So now you can only go in there when you make that conscious decision. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, oh, man. Huh? Yeah. I've been spending a, a lot of time. I was like, all right, I'm going to go for a walk, but let me just put it on clubhouse. And then I was like, oh shit. I'm going to do my, <laughs> my walk on clubhouse, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yo, Antoine, seriously, bro, it's, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. And, you know, if there's ever anything that you need, feel free to reach out. You know, if you're ever in New York, definitely let's connect. Yeah, well, for sure. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course, brother. Okay, guys. So I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean, anything. If one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below. Let people know what that thing was. Let us know what it was. We do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend. That is how we help each other, okay? The best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow. Send that out to your friends. Help them grow. Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe, make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.